What's up, guys? This is Mike. This is Dave, and you're listening to the Mike and Dave Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Mike and Dave Podcast, episode 51 today. And this is Dave, and I'm here with my co-host, Mike. Hello, this is Mike, also on episode 51 of the Mike and Dave Podcast. Glad to be here. Always good to be included, you know. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for clarifying that. You know, just letting everybody know I'm not like coming in from some like future alternate universe like, oh yeah, I'm from uh, episode 68, but I wanted to come back to talk to you about, you know. Actually, you know what? I'm going to live in that persona. This is Mike from episode 68. I traversed back in time to... So, because you... Wait, are you saying that your top 25 players are going to be exactly right because you're going to know at that point exactly everything that's going to happen? Yeah, so... The moral of the story there is because in this episode, we're updating our top 25 NBA players list. You can count it. Our word is law here. Uh, Forget opinions. Forget subjectivity. Everything we say is right. Uh, I'm going to adjust that and just say you you can take Mike's takes as that and you can clip him saying that and then throw it back in his face later. I'm just going to say... My takes are wholly subjective, could very well be wrong. Um, And really, that's a good point to make as we go slowly into what this podcast is actually going to be about, um, is this is just us re-ranking our top 25 players in the NBA right now. We did this quite a few episodes ago, episode 38, and... At that point, it wasn't about being right or being wrong. It was just about these are who we feel like are the top 25 players in the NBA right now. And so we're not going to go back and say like, wow, we were wrong, blah, 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 whatever, like we sometimes do with our tier lists. But instead, we're going to look back and say, okay, I think this guy has regressed and so therefore is no longer really in the conversation or this guy has really taken the next step. I think we need to talk about him and see if there's a place for him in our top 25. So we've both done a little bit of preparation for this, but not a ton. So we are going to be figuring all of that out live on the podcast. And that's going to be what this episode is about. So unfortunately, no other segments, uh, you know, our usual segments that we do on every episode. We're not going to be doing those this time, but don't worry. Episode 52 will be back to your regularly scheduled programming. And one more thing, I guess, to that note, um, we like to roast uh, on this podcast, not typically each other. I mean, although that, so you that happens more than one might expect anyway. But we roast players a lot. I mean, I feel like I was going to say I'm well known for, I'm not, I'm not we're famous, but you know, within the confines of our podcast, I'm known to roast Carson Wentz, for example. But keep in mind with our top 25 list this episode. If we take a player out that was previously in this list, that is not us saying that player is trash. It's literally, there are 30 NBA teams. If you're number 28, it means like on average, you could be the best player on a team in the NBA. You're just not top 25. So none of these guys are garbage. That's not what we're going to be saying. They just might not be top 25 anymore. And that's fine. And if... Three weeks from now, a player has only done poorly. 
that like you said that doesn't mean we were wrong t- on this episode it just means that it's like software updates you know you just get the new one so i think we're going to go ahead and start this off if you want to follow along with us and look at our top 25 players the last time we did this we've pinned the uh the post that we made with those players on our instagram at mike and dave pod so if you want to pause the podcast real quick head on over there and pull up that post so then you can follow along with us and see exactly who we have from 1 to 25 so i'll go ahead and kick things off with a player and i'm just looking at honorable mentions as well as top 25 because what we're doing first is just establishing a pool of players that are in the discussion um Chris Paul, we we put him in the top 25 out of respect. He came in right at number 25 last time around. Um, he's not bad or anything, but he's also 38 years old, and he has regressed this season. He's still fine, He's but he's not a top 25 player anymore. There's yeah, just no I way. mean, I think it's it's tough because his distributing is still top tier for sure. Um, it's just his scoring has gone down. I think he's still a decent defender, decent re- rebounder for his position, especially at his height. Um, but we're talking about the top 25 players in the NBA here. And I don't think that Chris Paul has lived up to that billing this season. So yeah, I think he's probably got to fall out of the discussion. I agree. One other guy I'll I'll mention I think needs to go is... Rudy Gobert. Um, we had him at 21 at the start of the season. Remember, that was before he played a, a single game for the Timberwolves, and people were still thinking, maybe this would potentially work. It's actually not worked at all. The Timberwolves looked like they absolutely bombed that trade, and Gobert just doesn't really look like the same player. I mean, he's supposed to be known as the, the, the most elite rim protector in, in the game. He's sitting at 10th in blocks so far this season per game, which isn't terrible, of course, but I mean, I feel like if Gobert is going to be in the top 25, given his lack of offensive production, he's got to be like top three in blocks and um, really contributing on that. And I just feel like he's not, he hasn't been doing that nearly as much as we've seen in the past. I mean, he's fourth in rebounds, but honestly, I I would kind of need to see like top two in both blocks and rebounds and I his play just hasn't really been good enough this season additionally he gets exposed too often and I've complained about this uh, a couple times this season but when we get to the postseason he's not gonna hang and if you're a top 25 player your play needs to translate into the postseason when it matters most the fact that teams can play Gobert right off the court does not a top 25 player make those are the two standouts to me that were at least on our top 25 that I can't at least have in the discussion. I do want to mention a couple that made our honorable mentions that, well, can't this time around. Um, Brandon Ingram. Uh, so one thing we'll probably talk about several times because we talked about it with the original top 25 is availability. And one of the most difficult parts, I think for us, when we made the original list was like, okay, when this player's on the court, he's a straight up baller, 
but he doesn't play that often. Where do we put that? You know, like we had that struggle with Kawhi. We had that struggle with Kyrie Irving. Uh, Brandon Ingram made our honorable mentions because of the the strides that he had made over the last two seasons. And we were like, okay, going into the season, let's see what he does. But he's missed so much time. He hasn't been able to prove that. And that's not his fault. It's not like he's bad. It's just that he hasn't been able to prove that step up. So I don't feel comfortable putting him in honorable mentions above, above other guys. I have a similar issue to Zion. Uh, it's it's not as extreme, but I know that he can't be top twenty five for me for the for basically the same reason. And I'll add Chris Middleton to that list too. I mean, he hasn't been able to play as much this season. Still coming back from that injury, when he has played, he hasn't been as effective. He's been coming off the bench. So yeah, I don't think that he's really gonna make the top twenty five. We're talking about right now, like. It's just not going to happen. And I think all three of these players could definitely make it again uh, whenever we do this again, which will probably be before the start of next season. Um, but yeah, as of right now, I agree. I mean, Brandon Ingram is is a tough one because, I mean, he's averaged 23 points, five assists, five boards a game in the 34 games he's played, but that's fewer than half of the games. So I, I definitely agree with you. Another one, DeJounte Murray. Now, I really like DeJounte Murray, and I think going into this season, we had reason to at least mention him. But when you're sharing a backcourt with Trey Young, the reality is you're not going to get enough consistent production to put you into the top 25. He's a good player and were he to be on his own team, if DeJounte Murray still played for the Spurs, he'd probably be in the top 25 right now. But that's just not the reality of his situation. The skill is there. The production isn't, and that's not all his fault. But top 25, it's, it's not going to cut it for that. And I guess the one other that I'm looking at right now is Zach Levine. And that might be the toughest one for me, but for me that's because you're on the same team as DeRozan, and DeRozan is such a close enough comparison, but is just better at virtually every level except three-point shooting but that's not DeRozan's game and everything else he does better or the same as Levine um I I think Levine is worth mentioning on talent but I don't see him getting into the top 25 because I can't put him above DeRozan and I know I won't have DeRozan like super high so I'll let me go back to DeJounte for a second are you saying that he shouldn't be in the honorable mentions at all so I have DeJounte Mur- Go ahead. I was just going to say, because I, I, I might have an issue with that. Um, I can definitely see him not being top 25, but in my mind, he should like we shouldn't throw him out the window yet. Uh, no, uh, what you just said is what I mean. Uh, he, like honorable mention, is the right spot for him. But when we get into ranking one through 25, I can't put him there. Mm-hmm. But he deserves he deserves shine for being a really, really good player. For sure. And he has had a pretty good season for the Hawks in his first year. I mean, I think we could have seen potentially a little bit. I mean, we could talk about the Hawks all day if we wanted to, about what we would have preferred to see this season. But, I mean, even with those constraints that you mentioned with Trey... He's still averaging over 20 points a game, six assists, which is 
uh, 24th in the league right now. One and a half steals, which is like 15th, 13th. Um, so he's still making his presence felt on the defensive end. He's still scoring over 20 points a game, over five assists a game, um, decent shooting percentages. So like, I think he's got to be an honorable mention, but yeah, top 25, probably not. And Zach Levine, he's always a tough one because I mean, as good as he is on the offensive end, defensively, it can be a struggle for him and he can have games where he'll go off for 40 and then there are other there will be other games where he's just kind of there um and then his effort isn't quite there so yeah I, I would i would probably agree with with that one so that means that we've taken out most of our honorable mentions from last time um are there any got are there any other ones that you think potentially wouldn't be part of the discussion. So for reference, that's Drew Holiday, Bam Adebayo, Pascal Siakam, Donovan Mitchell, Anthony Edwards. Whether or not they make the 25, I think all of the players you just listed are in the discussion. Um, there is one more that I'm looking at that made our top 25. And I don't know that it'll make mine anymore. Or let me rephrase that. I don't know that it'll make it at this time. Bradley Beal. I think at the end of last season, slash going into this season when we made our list, we were looking at Bradley Beal and everything he'd been accomplishing for seasons on end. And he had a down year last year. And we were like, it's still Bradley Beal though. You know, last year was a down year. Maybe he comes back and drops goes back to his like 30 points a game averaging ways. He hasn't. This has been another consecutive down year. Now down year for Bradley Beal is still averaging like 23 a game. But in today's NBA, 23 a game isn't top 25. At least like if you're not pairing that with uh with other good stats, which Bradley Beal just doesn't do at the same clip as a lot of the other guys that we will be talking about slash have already talked about. Not to mention wins. Pairing that with wins also was helpful, <laughs> which he hasn't really been able to do ever. Pretty much his entire career, yeah. Since John Wall left, yeah. Though Porzingis has been better this season, it's probably been his best season for the last few. Yeah, Super under the radar, insane. which also kind of comes with playing for the Wizards. <laughs> but <laughs> true, the Wizards like have been decent and Kuzma, I think, I mean, he's not really in my honorable mentions or top 25, but he's definitely improved his game a lot too. So I think credit needs to, needs to go to, I think both Kuzma and Porzingis for for sure upping their games. It's not going to get them into this discussion though. No. Um, everyone else that we, had in our top 25 or honorable mentions is at the very least in the conversation to me. So I guess to fast forward or I guess to catch up time wise, let's talk about guys that didn't originally make the honorable mentions or 25 that should be in uh, the conversation for this episode. And it starts with the most obvious Shea Gilgis Alexander. This is a great time to reiterate that we were not wrong (laughs) 
We were just, at the time, current, and now we're catching up. Shea Gillis-Alexander is a top 25 player. Uh, make no mistake about it, in addition to being top five in scoring, uh, we know the, the showstopper that he has become on the offensive end. He also lead or is like at the top of the league in a lot of defensive categories that don't show up in the standard box score. He's like top five in pass deflections, top five in shot contests, top five in opponent field goal percentage on the perimeter. Like he's getting it done on both ends, whether or not it shows up as like, Oh, three steals or whatever. And I'm pretty sure he's like number one or two in blocks for guards. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I was just going to say, yes, he's, ahead in a lot of those uh, more specific categories. But even in like the normal box score, he's third in steals per game and he's top 25 in blocks per game as a guard. And yeah, there is no one, no other guard ahead of him. The next guy is actually Derek White at 0.9 blocks a game. And Shady Gilgis Alexander is averaging one block a game. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, Honestly, what a huge improvement. He's also shown he can do it in the clutch. He's won some games for the Thunder. He's brought them back. I'm sure they've had some good contributions from some other players as well, but he's been the, the linchpin to getting them back into playoff contention. This is exactly what you wanted if you were the Thunder. I mean, Chet Holmgren missing the whole season, maybe not, but you get your, <laughs> you know, theoretically top three talent in the draft. Um, continuing to pile on additional draft picks. And then the guy that you traded Paul George for is finally coming good. And we'll see if he ends up being ahead of Paul George or not, but I think it's definitely a lot closer than it would have been in previous seasons. And now if you're the Thunder, you're looking like you made the right decision uh, on that front. Cause obviously Shea Gilgis Alexander is younger than Paul George is. So, um, yeah, I think that's the most obvious one. He'll definitely be in the top 25 at some point. Donovan Mitchell, we had in our honorable mentions. I think he's probably made into the top 25 for me. Um, he's played really, really well this season for the Cavaliers. And it's one of those things, too, where, I mean, you can even look at Gobert going to the Timberwolves and Mitchell going to the Cavs. Obviously, they're different kinds of players, but Gobert goes to the Timberwolves his numbers aren't looking the same. He doesn't have the same kind of impact. That looks like a, a flop. Meanwhile, the Cavs, I think Donovan Mitchell's probably, this is his best ever season. So I I like what I've seen from him. I think he's probably deserving, maybe not top 20, but maybe in the, the bottom five perhaps. But yeah, when I've seen him play and just looking at the players that are available, I think he's he's got to make the top 25 for me. To that end, like between the Timberwolves and Cavs, like when people start assessing that or those moves, the ca- for the Cavs it was like, oh yeah, they had a much better season than people thought they would last season. This is a good move, you know, good for them to like step, keep stepping in the right direction. The Timberwolves, it was like, oh, are they championship contenders now? I mean, we weren't saying that. God bless us, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. But a lot of sports media was. Uh, so like not only has Mitchell outperformed on an individual level, like that has translated to much different levels of success. The Cavs are one of the better teams in the East now. I mean, they're not 
in the top three, which is where you really want to be in the East. But like the Timberwolves are like a mess, you know, uh, now Towns is injury. We know, but still we got to look at, at it for what it is. Another thing with Mitchell is yes, technically he's had seasons where he scored more points. His usage is down because he's sharing the backcourt with Darius Garland, who, by the way, not top 25, but top 50. Like Darius Garland's been balling. The main thing I was going to say with Mitchell is that while his usage isn't as high, his efficiency is way up. And so is his plus minus, which is crazy because Utah was known for having good plus minus across all their starters because of the go bear effect. No, his plus minus is doing just fine in Cleveland. Who'd have thunk? For sure. And Darius Garland, that's another guy I was going to mention. Maybe not top 25. I could see him potentially getting there with the strides that he's made the past two seasons. I think he deserves to at least be maybe not in the top 25 discussion, but in the honorable mentions to the top 25 discussion. <laughs> um, as I was going through players, I was definitely, I circled his name as a, yeah, this is a guy who's definitely stepped his game up. And, you know, I think Donovan Mitchell playing alongside him has helped. Uh, again, when you share a backcourt, we were just talking about this with Trey Young and DeJounte Murray. The numbers may not be quite as, as much there, but in this NBA, numbers are super, super important, of course. But also we have a lot more of this data to go off of. And efficiency, in my mind, efficiency is more important than total counting stats. It really is. And obviously the best players are the ones who are going to be able to marry the both of those. And Mitchell is still top 10 in the league in scoring on much better efficiency. So you got to give him credit for that. Um, and Darius Garland is just outside the top 25 in scoring. So, yeah, I think Darius Garland is a good one. Um, probably not going to make it, but I did want to mention him uh, honorably. So, <laughs> so I have four guys left that I wanted to mention real quick, and these might also be in the discussion for you too, Mike. But four more guys, and then we'll kind of go into – start starting to rank the players that we know are going to be in the top 25 then we'll to kind of close it out we'll fill out those last few spots and determine who makes the top 25 and who is an honorable mention so one guy that i think may not even make the honorable mentions but i did want to touch on him real quick is jaron jackson jr he did make the all-star team this year for the first time he's finally healthy after a couple of injury plagued seasons only 23 years old leading the league in blocks by a significant margin. Also, his points per game, almost at 18. His rebounding is up. It's still not quite where it should be, but he does spend a lot of the time on the perimeter, so it does make sense. Um, but yeah, definitely a very good de defensive player. Offensively, he's still kind of finding his way, but definitely has potential. Shooting 34% from three, if that can just click up a little bit higher then I think he's got a real shot of making the honorable mentions and then even the top 25. He's got a lot of time left and on a Grizzlies team that's really talented. So I did want to mention him. And then next I have a couple of Kings on the list. De'Aaron Fox, who I'll admit I was, I know we said we weren't like, we weren't going to say I was wrong about this. I was going into the season thinking, De'Aaron Fox is just like 
he's just kind of peaked. He's I don't I don't know if he's going to get any better. He's kind of spent a few seasons now just around the same same area. He actually had a bit of a down year last year. Had an, I think he had an injury as well, and I just kind of was like, yeah, I just don't think Darren Fox has it this year. I don't think it's going to be the case. Well, I was wrong about that. <laughs> The pairing with of Fox and DeMontis Sabonis, who is my other king that I wanted to bring up, has been very, very good for the Kings. Which, by the way, how about them Kings? Honestly, like they've been, know. yeah, they've been so, so entertaining to watch. I feel so happy for Kevin Herter as well. Like we traded him to to Sacramento. When that happened, you're kind of like, oh, sorry, Kev. Like that's unfortunate. Now the the Kings are probably better than the Hawks. So, <laughs> I mean, that's unfortunate. But um, but yeah, so I think the, the Fox-Sabonis partnership has been really, really solid. Sabonis is the perfect guy for Fox to play alongside. He can stretch the floor a little bit so Fox can get into the paint. Sabonis takes on, he, he's the primary playmaker on that team. So Fox doesn't have to work as that primary playmaker and ball handler. He can he can work just fine as a secondary one, but having Sabonis act as the fulcrum of that offense really makes it tick. And he's been more uh, Fox has been more decisive. He's been arguably the most clutch player in the NBA so far this season, which we already know that again that doesn't necessarily count in the box scores, but when it comes to winning games, and you've got a guy who more times than not has hit the buzzer beater or has hit the game winning shot. That means a lot, um, and that that especially when you're coming down to playoff time, that's the difference between being a top four seed and being in the play-in, especially with the way the West is shaping up. So, definitely wanted to mention those two players. Sabonis is probably ahead of Fox for me. I think Sabonis could probably be in the top twenty-five or or really close to it. Fox maybe a little bit lower, but I definitely want to mention both of them. What's interesting to me about that is, well, first of all, light the beam, apparently. Because, uh, yeah, the Kings have been balling. Uh, shout out to Mike Brown, who's been doing phenomenal as their coach. He's, I mean, talk about instantly turning a team around. <laughs> but what's interesting to me about that was uh, I also consider those two Kings, and I have Fox higher. Uh, his efficiency has gone way up. Uh, his shooting efficiency, like phenomenal. Uh, uh, the the way he's, I mean, fastest player in the NBA. Uh, the way he's able to a push tempo on offense and b full court press you into oblivion on defense, and he has the stamina to, to do that. Like thirty minutes out of the forty, whatever he plays, like not to mention the clutch uh gene that you mentioned. Um. Yeah, I don't think there's a huge separation between the two. And this gets into, I guess, personal preference. I just, I take Fox above Sabonis, but I think they've both made great strides this year and both at the very least deserve to be mentioned here. Mm-hmm. See, for me, if we're if we're trying to make comparisons, right? I think you look at Fox and I see him as like, he's pretty close to John Morant. Still, I think 
not quite there. And I look at Sabonis and as like a diet Jokic type. They're really there's it's just the two of them and they're pretty much the only bigs that are doing what they're doing. I mean, Sabonis isn't quite averaging a triple double, but in terms of bigs and distributing the ball, like it's Jokic at almost 10 assists a game at 9.9. He's fourth in the NBA. Sabonis is 11th at 7.2. And Siakam is actually 25th at 5.9. So I should give him some credit too. But, and Giannis is right there as well um, at 28, at 5.6 assists per game. But when I look at Sabonis, he's leading the league in rebounding. He's basically 10th top 10 in assists and he's top 50 in points. So he's not, I mean, he's not the guy who's getting you the most buckets on that Kings team. It's definitely Fox. Sabonis and Fox both, I wouldn't classify either one of them as great defenders. I think Fox probably edges out Sabonis in that category. Um, But when it comes to making that offense tick, like I mentioned before, I just see Sabonis like Fox was there the entire time and wasn't really able to unlock this version of himself. It only took Sabonis coming in for him to be able to do so. And also kind of what we say about the, about Jokic and the Nuggets, like Sabonis came in, all these other players uh, on the Kings are having really, really good seasons Harrison Barnes is having a bit of a renaissance season. Kevin Herter is doing really well. Malik Monk has become a much better player. So when I look at, and again, like you said, this is personal preference a bit, and we can figure this out a little bit later when we are ranking these guys. But in my mind, a guy who's making his own teammates better, that's why like I think Jokic is so, so good and one of the best players in the NBA and perennial MVP candidates because he does that. Sabonis has really started, especially this year, to show that he can do the same thing. So that's where I'm at with them. And then let's just mention the the last guy. um, And then we can get into actually ranking players. Speaking of guys who who make their teammates better, Tyrese Halliburton of the Indiana Pacers is definitely there. I mean, we knew going into the season especially with the end of the season he had last year that he was one to watch out for. I think he's probably even surpassed those high expectations that we had for him. We didn't have him in honorable mentions or top 25 because it was still, still felt too soon. Plus he's on the Pacers. Like how much help is he really going to get there? The answer is not much, but it hasn't really mattered. I mean, he's second in assists in the league at 10.4. He's averaging over 20 points per game. He's averaging 1.6 steals per game, which is also top 10 in the league. And may I remind you, he's playing for the Pacers, who are absolutely terrible. And it's not because of Halliburton at all. It's His supporting cast is not good enough. So I think you got to give a lot of credit to Halliburton for taking all this in stride, continuing to develop his game. And the Pacers and the Kings, it's kind of also natural to talk go from Sabonis to Halliburton too. Um, I mean, we're talking about both of these guys as like honorable mentions slash maybe top 25 players. But rarely do you ever see a trade that ends up as much of a win-win as this. Sure, the Pacers don't have the wins to show for it, 
but their timeline is a lot different than the Kings right now. And that's okay. But both of these teams, I think, ended up getting the guy that they needed. And Howell Burton, I mean, this guy is, he's 22 years old, y'all. He's got a lot of, I mean, freaking Anthony Edwards, we, have, we haven't talked about. He's 21 still somehow. That is crazy. I was just looking at like young guards and I was like, sorry, Anthony Edwards is still only 21? Gosh. The hell. Anyways, but yeah, Howell Burton definitely deserves to be mentioned. I don't know, top 25, what do you think? So I, I know where I put him in my initial ranking since you and I prepared for this a little differently. Um, so I don't know about spoiling things, but I know that he deserves to be at the very least an honorable mention. We'll put it that way since we'll talk out the the top 25, but Mm -hmm. everything you said, I completely agree. Let's also not forget this dude's been sniping. Like he, uh, went to the three point contest. And if it weren't for Dame being a straight up baller, he would have won that. Uh, like in addition to everything you said, he's one of the most efficient shooters on the perimeter in the NBA. And that's in an NBA that includes Kevin Durant as an example. Um, yeah. What really st- stuck out to me, I mean, and it is funny that we go from Sabonis to Halliburton since they were traded for each other, but yeah, what stood out to me about what you said is the whole, like how this trade was such a win-win. Cause usually if you have a win-win trade, that usually means a team decided to blow something up um, they traded to a team that needed the player. The player does well on that team. The other team gets like good like compensation in terms of picks or whatever. Oh yeah, it suits their individual timelines. But never like oh yeah, these players just start balling even more on new teams. It's crazy. Um, but I I love it. It's it's the kind of shakeup you'd love to see in basketball, in sports in general. But like that's what makes the NBA so fun. Is there are more shakeups like that than in most other sports? There is one other guy that I just thought about that I did not talk about. And I think we would be remiss not to talk about him. Laurie Markkinen. Yeah, Laurie Markkinen talking about like taking a huge, huge step. Like, dude's showing out in Utah. I feel like Utah and Oklahoma City are very similar in that like these were supposed to be like, and Indiana for that matter, like these were supposed to be like kind of crap seasons where you just kind of th- throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks plan on getting a high pick. And all of those teams just had a guy explode into a star player that you can like build your franchise around uh, between uh, Halliburton, Markinen, and Gilgis Alexander. So yeah, I mean, to me, he doesn't crack my 25 necessarily, but like dude's been balling credit to him and took that change of scenery and uh, just a better system that that played to his strengths a little better and there you go how much do we talk about systems on this podcast all the time for sure and like it's tough because you you look at his stats he's top he's a top 15 scorer in the league this year 25.4 points per game when we're recording he's also shooting over 40 percent from three as a i I, is he a wing? Is he a small big? Like, I don't know. As a bigger guy, shooting over 40% from three on over seven and a half attempts per game, he's been one of the better shooters, especially volume shooters in the league this year. We haven't seen anything like that from him before. 
So you have to give him credit for that. His, he's still been a pretty good rebounder, eight and a half rebounds per game. You'll definitely take that. I think probably where I draw the line and I say he's maybe honorable, the back end of the honorable mentions, but I can't really put him in our top 25. It's the defense and the playmaking. So sure, you're looking at this guy, like he's a small forward, is he a power forward, whatever. You can be a primary scorer and not have a huge playmaking element to your game, especially if you're a bigger guy. You cannot be averaging more turnovers and assists in this kind of situation and be considered, in my opinion. I mean, that's that's one of those key stats that I look at and I just say, you're giving it up more than you're giving it to your teammates. And it's not like the Jazz have terrible players. They don't have great players, but they have guys who can score. And so when I look at that, I just see a guy who's just trying to go and get his. And to be fair, he has done so and has done so with success. But taking that next step and making your teammates better, like I've been talking about, I think that's still what we need to see from him. And also defensively, it's kind of tough because he is that tweener. So sticking with wings can be tough, but also he's not a traditional big man in the sense that he can offer you a lot of rim protection. So defensively, he's never going to really have a good place. He's going to have to be kind of hidden probably on a Matisse Thibel type of just stand, like stick on him in the corner type of situation. Uh, kind of like what you do with Trey, but it's a little different, but still kind of the same idea of he's your worst defender. So just stick him on their worst offensive player type of thing. So I think that's kind of holding him back a little bit, but he definitely needed to be mentioned. I, I think some people would have listened to this and said, sorry, you didn't mention Markinen. Um, so yeah, we have mentioned him. He may not make <laughs> it, but we, we recognize the, the jump in his play so far this season for sure. Yeah. And, and what you said about the turnovers, 100%, you can't like, we like efficiency. And and we're not the types that just like look at stats and that's how we base like don't worry, we watch the film. Like, don't get it twisted. But stats don't, while they don't tell the whole story, they tell part of it, you know? And that's the reality of the situation. He gives it up more than he uh it's it's a negative, right? Like you take Trey Young, who turns the ball over four times a game, he also has ten assists a game. He still has over a two like a two and a half uh tur- assist to turnover ratio. So like it becomes, while frustrating while watching the games, statistically it becomes more forgivable. You know, Lori Markin. Well, yeah, it, it's arguably more annoying to watch a guy who catches the ball and has blinders on, and won't yeah. pass it to the open guy in the corner, or won't be looking for what is the best possible way for us to make a basket right now. Instead, it's just. I've got the ball. I'm going to go get mine. I complain about this with DeAndre Hunter for the Hawks all the time. He just, he doesn't keep his head up. He He's indecisive with the ball. And it frustrates me to no end because I, I watch the games and I'm like, dude, keep your head up. Keep your head on a swivel. Understand how the defense is rotating. And he just seems to just not get it. Um, obviously, like, Mark Hinnon's a lot better of a player than Hunter is right now, but... It's still the same kind of thing. You see marketing, and it's definitely, I'm going to go and, and score and get mine. And like I said, he's done that pretty well. But when it comes 
to a negative assist to turnover ratio, then yeah, it's that's tough to overcome in, in my book. So I think with that, we'll go ahead and get into actually ranking the players now that we've kind of set up this whole thing. And I know that we haven't mentioned some obvious players so far. Mike, who do you have at number one? It, it was Giannis at the start of the season. Do you still, are you still going by that? Or do you have a different name to, to throw in there? I'm going to give you a two for one here and give you two spots. Giannis is not my number one. I have moved Giannis to number two. Okay. We, we talked about all the reasons why at the time all of those have held true. Giannis is elite on both ends of the floor. Like, how much do we... We talk about Giannis a lot. How much do we need to say? Uh, the fact that he's one of the best players in the NBA on both sides. Like, he he that team is built around him. He's stuck with it for the building process. He's here, and the Bucks are consistently one of the best, if not the best teams in the regular season. He's won a championship. What he's... Where he's not at this exact moment is two-time reigning and probably going to three-peat MVP Nikola Jokic. You talked about Sabonis being diet Jokic. That's because there is a real Jokic, and it's Jokic. Uh, then The reality of Jokic is that when he is not on the court for the Nuggets, the Nuggets are not that good of a team at all. It's like the plus-minus when Jokic is off the court is like negative double digits. They win games solely because he exists. When he is on the court, he's the best player on the court in basically every game. He's not just a walking triple-double. like He effectively averages one. Um, his defense has improved, and it doesn't show up as like prominently, I guess, because he's a big, and when you think big and defense, you usually expect a rim protector type. And he doesn't get that many blocks, but he's gotten a lot better at knowing where to be on the court. He's gotten a lot better with his hands. Uh, he gets um decent amount of deflections. Uh, he, he has defenses, or he's, sorry, he has offenses adapt to his presence, which is important as a big body. And the big thing with Jokic is his efficiency. Like this is literally one of the most efficient players in history, consistently. The shooting efficiency, the the passing efficiency, all around. Like, the dude is a savant. Like, I have to give it to Jokic at this point. The dude will almost, like, he is almost a lock to three-peat the MVP. I don't know the last time that happened. I mean, off the top of my head, it'd be an easy Google for any of you. But um, to me, it's Jokic and then Giannis. I think I could be convinced to put him number one. Um, I think really the the deciding factor is that the Nuggets are the number one seed right now. And so his dominance has started to really translate into his team being more successful. Like they've made the playoffs before, sure, but they've not been the number one seed, that's for sure. And he has the rest of that team clicking Statistics, I mean, the stats are always going to favor him, especially the advanced stats. Also, the eye test, like, he can make all like, all the passes. 
he can hit game winner game winning shots for you too if he, if he needs to like when i talk about making the best play and like i don't know like calculating in your head in like a nanosecond what is going to be the best odds of us scoring like that's what Jokic does and so i think i think i'm comfortable translating that to number 1 the only thing that's that's tough for me is that he hasn't had any proven postseason success yet and if we're talking about and i'm not saying that you have to win a ring to be the best player in the nba i'm not saying that at all but we haven't seen a bunch of postseason success from them and it's still kind of like i want to see them make i think they could very if they don't make the finals this year then it'll be a disappointment for the nuggets whereas before i think they were in the conversation but there were definitely teams that were a lot better this year, the the West just isn't that good. There are some decent teams in there for sure. But the, the East is definitely where it's at right now. And the Nuggets have a really good chance of making the finals. I, I think, and we'll, of course, we'll see what happens. If Jokic makes, brings his team to the finals, especially if they win the, the championship, he's a definite number one. As of now... I'm cool with him being number one because you know I'm I'm a huge fan of his, but I'd, I'd be curious to see when we you know do this again at the start of next season after the playoffs have shaken out. Did he like what did he do in the playoffs type of thing? But I think Giannis has also slipped a little bit this year too, especially defensively. So I think I'm cool with Jokic at, at number one. However, number two. I don't have Giannis, I don't think. I think I'm going to have to go with a different guy who we didn't even have top five at the start of the season, but I just cannot deny this man's talent any longer. Luka Doncic. What an absolute baller this guy is. I mean, he's 23 years old. He's second in the league in scoring at 33 points per game. He's averaging eight assists, 8.6 rebounds, one and a half steals on decent shooting efficiency, even though he's like one of the biggest volume shooters in the NBA. Um, I think, yep, he's leading the league in field goal attempts, but he's also third in field goal makes. So it's he's still doing it at an efficient clip at the biggest volume pretty much that there is other than Embiid. I think I've got to give it to Luca. I mean... It's been tough because he has had some injury problems this year, which makes sense because of all the usage I was just talking about. Um, it's been a little hard for him to stay healthy. But statistically, eye test, you want to talk about that? Like, this guy can make any shot, is so crafty, doesn't have to be, he's deceptively athletic, but he doesn't have to be the best athlete, kind of like Jokic, in order to find his spots, make plays for his teammates, compete defensively like this guy is an all-round player i think he's the he's going to be the face of the league um once lebron retires and and, and steph retires like i'm looking at luca like yes Giannis, but also i mean luca is right there for me so i would i would say luca at number two so i also had luca making that climb and Luca was third for me. Okay. And I'm looking at Giannis's stats. You know, 31 
31 points, 11.9 rebounds, five and a half assists. And his defense, like his defense has slipped, you know, uh, however, where would you, I mean, just give me a, a round number, like ballpark. Where would you rank him defensively in the league? If we're just looking at defensive players, is he Don- top 10? Doncic? No, uh, Giannis. Giannis. Um, I don't know. That's that's a hard question. I mean, probably uh, he'd probably make one of the all defensive teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so to me, he's like top five ish. Um, in looking at like versatility, um, and just like he, I mean, he literally does it down low. He does it on the perimeter. He's not really guarding any point guards, but like. Two through five, he can more or less switch to. Luca is better on offense than Giannis. Giannis is better on defense than Luca, and for me, the former is closer than the latter. And I think that's what put Giannis above Luca for me. If I go from Luca's offense to Giannis's, I've taken a step down. If I've gone from if I go from Giannis's defense to Luca's. I'm jumping off a cliff to get to Luca's. Yeah, I do see that. I also think Giannis is on a much better team, and so True. it's it's a lot it's a lot easier for him to be. I mean, obviously he's the dominant, he's the alpha there, but team defense also helps when you're on the Mavericks. Like, you don't really have many defensive stoppers at all, whereas like. When you're on the Bucks, every like Brooke Lopez, you have one of the better rim protectors in the league alongside you. You have Drew Holiday, one of the best on ball defenders in the league as well. Like naturally, that's gonna help. I mean, we're not. I'm not debating that Giannis isn't a good defender. I'm just saying Luca doesn't have any protection there, mm-hmm. and the amount of the load that he has to carry on offense versus the load that Giannis has to carry on offense, like. I'm just looking at Luca, and I'm like, man, this guy is doing absolutely everything that he could possibly can for this team, dragging them, as we love to say, kicking and screaming into the playoff picture. And of course, Kyrie is there, and I haven't mentioned that yet, but the early returns have been interesting for them. Um, but Kyrie surely is not helping out defensively, so... I still think that that same fact remains. I'm fine putting Giannis at two and Luca at three. Um, it's just one spot, but I think, although I think top five is like means more than like six through ten in terms of the positioning. So I, I don't know, but yeah, I mean Giannis has the the championship. He has the pedigree. He has the defense, so I, I'm cool with it. But I think Luca like. Luca's coming for that number one spot. He really is. Yeah. So I can, yeah, I think that's good then. So we have Jokic at one, Giannis at two, and Luca at three. So from there, where do you want to go to uh, for four? Jokic, Giannis, Luca. So we had Steph number two to start the season. He's still been amazing, 100%. I think I'm looking at him, and I'm looking at Embiid as the two guys that are next um, on my list. 
I and those are the go next two way. for me as well. Yeah, so th- so our top five is going to have those two. It's just which order. I mean, I'd probably say Embiid, even though like I love Steph a lot more than I care for Embiid. But I mean, Embiid is leading. He's averaging almost thirty four points per game, which is absolutely absurd. Along with his really good defend uh, defensive stats, he's played. He's probably going to end up at like sixty five games or so played which isn't terrible in today's nba um a really good free throw shooter pretty good as a big from the three-point line like good rebounder decent playmaker from the center position as all things are considered like he's just been more dominant to me than steph has been i think this year and steph is still amazing of course and it hurts me a little bit to do it, but I think I think I have to do it that um, Embiid being at number four and Steph being at number five. And I'm in complete in agreement. Uh, for me, it's a very similar uh, conversation to the Giannis versus Luka thing for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steph's offense, I give over Embiid. And uh, defense, there's no comparison. <laughs> yeah. So Embiid okay. jumps up from eight to four. Steph falls a little bit from two to five. So our top five, Jokic, Giannis, Luka, Joel Embiid, and Steph Curry. I feel good about that. What's funny about this is last time we did this, I was weirdly defending LeBron like, no, I don't. I don't feel comfortable with the top five without LeBron. And this time, I was like, "Nope, it ain't it." Now we're out of the top five, and now I feel like not guilty, but like LeBron should be coming up, right? Like, here's the problem, though. He's well for most of his career. We've been able to look at him and his availability. He's not going to play 82 games, but it'll give you 76. You know, uh, he's missed like 27, 28 games somewhere in there uh, out of the 72 ish that the Lakers have played. So he's playing more or less a third or sorry, two thirds of them. Um, so the availability is not there. His uh, efficiency isn't the best that it's ever been. But as always, his usage is going to be through the roof when he's on the court. And the eye test still tells me that he's like in the upper echelon of NBA players. So I wanted to bring up LeBron now because I was floating him outside of the top five, but just outside, like knocking on it. (laughs) I guess knocking on is a weird way to say it since he's on his way out and not on his way in. Uh Um. We're catching him with his foot out the door. Um, but where, where's LeBron in your mind? Yeah, I think I still have him over KD. KD's has had the same issues. Um, <laughs> and I would still take LeBron over KD now. Um, mm-hmm. Same. I don't know how longer that how much longer that will continue, but for now, and this is what we're doing <laughs> is right now. So I, I think. I mean, really next, it's KD, LeBron, and we had um, 
Kawhi in there as the next guy on our list from when we did it this last time. So I think I'm, I feel comfortable with LeBron coming in at number six. To I don't necessarily end. feel comfortable with KD at number seven, though. Okay. Um, so I feel good about that. LeBron at number six. Now there's one guy that has skipped over Kawhi to me. Part of that is because Kawhi hasn't been able to play enough to, you know, pro- uh, continue to prove himself. And like I said towards the beginning of this episode, that was something we struggled with. Like him specifically, that was something we struggled with the first time we did this. Availability when you're on the court, you're great. How often can you prove it? Damian Lillard, man, we we knew we had to put him top ten last time, but the dude keeps doing it. Like there's he doesn't stop scoring. Like, um, we understand that it doesn't always translate to wins and the trailblazers just fell out of like the 10th spot as we've been recording. Are we ever going to blame Damian Lord for that? Hell no. Damian Lord is the reason that even remotely relevant ever. It's because he's that guy. He's been one of the best point guards in basketball from the day he stepped foot on the court. And he still is like, I, Damian Lillard, if nothing else, I have him above Kawhi. Uh, I'll turn it over to you at that point, but I can't put Kawhi past Damian Lillard right now. So there are two guys for me that are above, or at at least two guys, but two guys I'm thinking of immediately that are above Kawhi for me. One of them you were just talking about is Damian Lillard. The other one is Jason Tatum. We had him at 11 to start the season, he has continued to make that next step that we have been talking about. I mean, the Celtics are arguably the best team in basketball or have been so far this season. And Tatum is the number one option for them. He is the best player on the best team. And he's averaging 30 points a game, almost nine rebounds, almost five assists on pretty good um, shooting. I mean, it's a little bit lower than a lot of these other guys on the list, which I have to take into consideration as well. But when you talk about the best player on the best team, the the steps that he has continued to to take as a player and being a leader for that team, I think I have Tatum above Kawhi as well for now. Um, not to mention that he's played 67 games uh, so far, which up there, I mean, I think they've played like, what, 72 or something. I think that's missing five games. is totally reasonable. Um, but yeah, I think Tatum or, or Lillard. I'm fine doing Lillard and then Tatum. Yes, this is going to have some bias in it. We like Lillard more than we like Tatum. And so I think if when it comes to a tiebreaker, <laughs> that might just have to be what, what does it. Um, but what do you think about that? Are you thinking kind of the same thing about Tatum or do you have a little bit lower? So a couple thoughts. Um, one, it, it kind of goes back to what you were saying about like when we were talking about Giannis versus Luca, you know, you had mentioned, you know, well, what team is uh, built better? Obviously the Bucks, right? Uh, what team is built better? The Celtics or the Trailblazers? <laughs> it's not mm. even close. I give the edge to Dame over Jason, but I had those two one right after the other on my list. Now, I 
do need clarity on one thing from you. Uh, not that you were unclear, but figuring this out is really important to me at this moment for our ranking. You said you had Dame and Tatum over Kawhi. Same, just by the way. Where do you stand on KD versus Kawhi? Because I also Ugh. had KD above Kawhi, and that so you see where I'm see where I'm coming mm-hmm. from. Like that needs addressing. Yeah. Okay. Now is when if people aren't already like in their feelings about our rankings, <laughs> they're about to be <laughs> because I already know there are a lot of people out there who are like huge KD fans. And I totally get it. I really do. Um, there are also people out there who love Kawhi. So do I. I think he's great. Um, I mean, also a lot of the detractors I agree with. So th- this is my struggle as a human, y'all. Um, so you said you had KD ahead of Kawhi, right? Yeah, and let me just add one more tidbit to that. Since we've our last official ranking was LeBron at 6. We just said that Damian Lillard was going to be one spot above Tatum. KD and Kawhi and those two are in my are all my top 10. So at at this point for me, I'd be rounding out what order they're going in, but I'm also game if you're like KD's not top 10 or you know whatever. But that's why mm-hmm. I wanted to get this out cuz I can't move forward yet until we settle that. Yeah, well I feel comfortable with Lillard at seven and Tatum at eight. And then in terms of KD and Kawhi, I'm looking at the rest of these guys here. I don't think any one of them stands out to me as yes. Um, This guy, I'd rather have this guy actually, maybe your favorite player in the NBA, Jimmy Butler, maybe over Kawhi. Um, But I think that one's, also pretty close so i don't know it's tough i mean kd so far this season like he's played 42 games uh his scoring has still been pretty good like over almost 30 points a game 38 and a half percent from three 93 percent from the free throw line over five assists one and a half blocks, which is not bad for, I mean, that's pretty good for a guy who's not a, you know, his, his job isn't to be the main rim protector. Um, It's also like the pull of Kevin Durant, I think. But then Kawhi is kind of the same, like, you don't, you just kind of don't mess with Kawhi. <laughs> um, and when he's on, when he's like really switched on and actually playing, he is undeniable, but like so far this year, I mean, he's played pretty much the exact same number of games as Durant, 43 to 42. Durant's numbers are uh, outweighing Kawhi's right now. Um, maybe not as quite as much in efficiency, like Kawhi's been better from, from three, his field goal percentage is higher, but rebounds, not as much. Assists, not as much. Scoring's down. I don't know. I guess if I'm... I don't know. You said you had KD before Kawhi, right? Yes. I guess if we're if we're going into like a playoff series and I want one of them on my team, 
I want Kawhi. Yeah, I think part of what bothered me is that KD has missed. I, I, it's this isn't the most fair, but it's kind of like the way they missed games. You know, like with KD, it's like okay, you you hurt your leg here, you twist your ankle during warm ups here, and like now you're missing like a, a week or two. Uh, but with Kawhi, like first. For, past like several seasons we just kind of kind of come to accept like Kawhi's gonna play 50 games you know like it, with Kawhi it feels more fact of life he's gonna miss time with KD it feels more like yeah he kind of he's kind of injury prone but he plays when he can type I don't, I don't know like it's it's weird but like that's kind of the vibe about it so let me read out the last uh, three seasons that Kevin Durant's played and how many games. So before, um, before 2019, he he played in pretty much every game for the most part. Then he tore his Achilles. He didn't play that entire season. He came back. We had the COVID seasons. So that doesn't really count. Then he played 55 games and then 42 games. So sure. The COVID season is what it is. But since, I mean, he hasn't played more than 60 games in a season since 2018. So I think at this point, we're looking at it and we're like, Kevin Durant's probably going to play if he isn't injured. Kawhi, it's kind of like, maybe he's just not going to play because he's just saving himself for the playoffs or something. Like there's, there's, it's more of a, in my mind, it's more of a, um, I guess psychological thing or like philosophical thing. Both of them are going to miss time, but if we're going, let's just say if they're both healthy going into the playoffs, you have the Clippers versus the Suns, and you have Kawhi versus KD. Who do you think is coming out on top? If both, you know, both guys are healthy at this stage of their careers. And that's a good point. That's a good way to look at it. I'm going Kawhi, you know, like, geez, I feel like I'm on repeat, but offense, I'm giving it to KD by a little bit. Defense, I'm giving it to KD by a bigger bit. To Kawhi? Uh, yeah, sorry. Kawhi better defense, KD better offense, but the difference is bigger for Kawhi's defense. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Are you so? Are you comfortable with our six through ten being LeBron, Dame, Tatum, Kawhi, KD? I think so, yeah. And again, y'all, this is like if y'all think that Katie's better than Kawhi, that is perfectly within your right. Um They're both great players, and it's literally one spot difference, so it's not the end of the world. Um we definitely still think that. KD is an amazing player. I mean, he's a top 10 player right now, um, according to this list. So I think that's pretty clear. Interestingly, we had Jimmy Butler at number 10 coming into the season. Do you have him at number 11? I uh, don't. Um, Here. Okay. So it was a new haircut, wasn't it? 
<laughs> it was it was that that new haircut that was absolutely atrocious. You were like going off about the up tempos. Now it's like you see Jimmy's haircut, and you're just like, nah, I just I can't do it. I gotta oh drop you gosh. a few spots. That that was tough. Um, I feel like this spot is gonna give me credibility here because I'm like, oh, my favorite player in the NBA. Let's move him down. Uh, no, here's what did it for me. Uh, to be honest, going going into this year, and when we did the previous ep- or when we did the original ranking, my big argument for Jimmy then and has always been. On any given night, he can look like the best player in basketball. And this season, I haven't been seeing that. And the here's the really tough part. Go to his game log, dude. Like, or Dudettes. Whatever. Wh- whoever's listening. Go to his game log and just go all the way back to the beginning of the season. And look at the games in which he's balled out. And by look at the games in which he scored 30. They're all against shit teams. He he doesn't have games this season, really, where he's balled out against like the Celtics or the Bucks. You know, it hell, like there hasn't been a shootout with the Warriors where he's been like, okay, yeah, let me get after it. Now, to be fair, in those games, yeah, he'll still drop like 26, 27, get like four or five assists, four or five boards, which is good. But he hasn't turned into the best player on the court in any of those games. His best game of the season was in an overtime thriller against Orlando. That's that's not eleven to me. Now, if you're if you're Jimmy Butler and you're the the Heat, you shouldn't be having overtime thrillers versus Orlando. Honestly, you man. should be dispatching of them in <laughs> the normally allotted amount of time. Now, what saves him? is he's still a great defender mm-hmm. and he's still like i mean his three-point shooting he's not having his best season you know but otherwise he's still very efficient he gets to the line uh i was gonna say efficiently but like i hate to sound like a uh broken record but like he gets to the line extremely well and makes the most of those opportunities uh disproportionately given his size you know um He's become a great distributor. Uh, He is a solid rebounder for his size and position. He, I count on him. I would count on him if I need a bucket late in the game. Like, eye test is there for me, but this season is not screaming 11, and I have him closer to 15. Okay. So who do you have at number 11 then? So... Two guards were standing out to me, and they were John Morant and Shea Gilgis Alexander. Now, with Shea Gilgis Alexander, it's important to remember that this is not about resume, right? In terms of like their careers, this is the play the players as they are right now. And we talked about Shea's stats earlier, and they scream elite, uh, offensively and defensively. He's been on fire. Uh, it's gonna say electric, and like that goes with the thunder, right? Thunder, lightning, he's both. Uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander's up there, and Ja Morant post or pre suspension is just on one all the time. And I, 
kind of have like back and forth between the two. And I'm tempted to go Jaw over Shea because Jaw was doing it last season too. But if we're just looking at this season, Shea's better to me. Um, and he's making better off-court decisions. Um, so often on-court ones. So that's that's true. So I, sure, we're making this is like our top twenty-five players on our top twenty-five most stand-up gentlemen in the league, right? <laughs> but. Jaw has like put himself in a situation where he has been unavailable to his team and he's gotten suspended by the league because of his actions. That has to be taken into consideration. When we talk about Kyrie, we're like, we don't know if he's going to play. Like, what what the hell is this guy doing? Then all of a sudden we're like, I don't know. Should Kyrie be, be as high as we're thinking he should be on talent? It, it does have a... Uh, an effect on it. So I don't know. Personally, I would have Shea Gilgis, Shea Gilgis Alexander above jaw um, right now. Everything that Shea has, has shown offensively, defensively, clutch gene, efficiency, volume, like he's checking all the boxes right now. I think it's got to be him. And he's still only 24 years old, y'all, too. So like he's got a really bright future ahead of him with the Thunder. So if you're cool with it, I think we put SGA at number 11. I'm absolutely cool with it. Now, what does that say about 12? I mean, given what you said about John Moran, where on this list like, do you have him? Do you have him coming up right behind SGA? Do you have him coming down later? So, full transparency, I didn't rank these before. We started and, and Mike did. So I've I was was just kind of going more off of here's the pool of players and here's kind of generally where I think that they should go. So I don't necessarily have anybody at number twelve right now. Um Jaws it's obviously it's a tough one to to gauge. Um here's kind of where I'm starting to look at I mean, Jalen Brown has taken a lot of big strides this year. I think I'm starting to look at him as a top 15-ish player. Um, Trey has had a really good year, but the defense is also is always kind of tough for him too. Um, Anthony Edwards has started to really improve. I think that the difference between these guys is it's getting thinner and thinner. Um on court wise, like Jaw was having another really good season, of course. His three point shooting still isn't quite there, and I think that's what's what's keeping him from really taking that next that that really next step into like is he the best point guard in the NBA type? Um I don't know. I don't know if I feel Jaw or one of these other guards that I mentioned. Now we also had Paul George at thirteen at the start of the season. I don't think he's up there anymore either. Not to mention Towns at 14. I don't think he's up there at that point either. I moved both of those down a few slots, to say the mm-hmm. least. Um, Devin Booker has been really good this season, and that's saying something because I don't like him. Yeah. But but Devin Booker, to me, uh, like Devin Booker, I have over both Cat uh, and Paul George, for example. Um, mm. Kyrie has been playing more. Uh, I think he's played more than KD this year. 
Uh, and when talent, you know, there it is. Uh, he's more reliable this season in terms of games played than KD, LeBron, Anthony Davis, uh, Kawhi Leonard. Like when, like to me, he's worth mentioning at this point because we know the talents there with Kyrie. That's true. Him and and Booker. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Kyrie is kind of that guy. But at the same time, I mean, again, he's played 53 games. The same as Jaw. Okay, so how about this? Between Kyrie and Jaw, who would you rather have? Like, let's just do the same thing that we did with Kawhi and KD. Don't make me say it again, dude. <laughs> when you said Kyrie is that guy, as in like he's that guy you target when you have the ball, <laughs> whoever offense. Uh, Kyrie okay, so on it's offense, jaw, then. jaw on defense. So it's, okay. it's jaw, yeah. Jaw and then, uh, so do you feel cool with jaw at 12, Kyrie at 13? Do you think Kyrie's better than Booker or Trey? Yes. I feel no, not by a lot, but for this ranking, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think I'm comfortable with it for now. If this might be one where I'll say, let's look back. Okay. At the end, and see if we need to move him down a little bit because right now it's kind of hard for me to say, yep, Jaw is almost a top ten player, um, based on everything that's happened and. But I can I can accept it for now. And then Kyrie is kind of like, is Kyrie playing 50 to 60 games a season, if that, better than Devin Booker, who's going to play 70 plus games a season, you know? Yeah. Um, and... Now, I would trust Kyrie way more when we get into the playoffs than uh, Devin Booker. Hmm. But in the regular season, Devin Booker's better. Is this a regular season? Uh, um, well, what if we did... Because Devin Booker has actually made strides as a playmaker and a defender this season. So what if we did, like, jaw at 12... Devin Booker at 13, Kyrie at 14. Okay. I think I'm cool with that. So that brings us to 15, which is around where I said I had Jimmy Butler. Actually, it is exactly where I had Jimmy Butler. <laughs> um, So I've talked about Jimmy Butler already. And according to my list, he'd be next. So obviously, I know you didn't do a ranking. But with the pool of players that we have available... Are there guys that are coming to your mind that you want above Jimmy? I'm thinking Donovan Mitchell, honestly. Um, I think whereas Jimmy's kind of on the downturn, Donovan's kind of on the upturn. Like you were talking about like knocking on the door versus a foot out. Um, I think we're start we're starting to see Jimmy like not really be able to keep it up over a full season. Donovan Mitchell we're seeing more of that. He, I think he's missed a few games this season, but not, not bad at all. Um, 
and he's been one of the better scorers in the league. He had that crazy like 70 point performance as well, uh, which that's only one game that just shows you the potential of what he could potentially do every single night. 38% from three. I mean, one and a half steals is pretty solid as well. Like he's been a really good player for the Cavs. So I, I kind of like Donovan Mitchell. I think we need to start talking about him. Um, and from looking at all the other, all the rest of these guys that we have, Jalen Brown, um, I want to mention too, because again, like even though Tatum is the number one on that team, there are a lot of other teams where Jalen Brown would be number one. Um, and I think he could very well be, especially with his recent comments. Like you never know. Yeah, so to me, yeah, Donovan Mitchell, we've seen do it as the number one, and he was balling in Utah, and he's only gotten, like, in terms of efficiency, better uh, coming to Cleveland. Um, Jimmy is and has been the number one. With Jalen, we're talking about could and probably would be the number one, but hasn't had to be. So... Like, I feel like I'm more comfortable putting Donovan Mitchell above Jimmy than I am Jalen Brown. But if we're put, if we say, let's just say we did Donovan at 15, Jimmy at 16, you would hear no objection from me to put Jalen Brown at 17. Okay, I feel comfortable with that because I'm also looking at our uh, list to start the season guys who we still haven't ranked yet that we had higher than this. We had Paul George and Towns. And then we had Trey at 17. DeRozan. We already talked about Bradley Beal. Anthony Davis. Like, I think I would, I would probably put Donovan, Jimmy, and Jalen Brown above those guys. I absolutely would as well. Okay, so Donovan Mitchell at 15, Jimmy Butler at 16, Jalen Brown at 17. Yes. Okay. Now, let's talk about Trey, mm -hmm. who is the worst defender in basketball. <laughs> what an honor. Hey, all, all I'm going to say is when they were playing the Warriors the other night, Trey got yeah. the game-clinching steal. I was actually watching that game. Trey poked the ball away from Steph, got the game-clinching steal and ensuing layup um, to ice the game against the Warriors. So, like, I think especially also, I mean, it's only been a few games since Quinn Snyder's been in charge. His defensive activity has picked up some, probably because it's not Nate McMillan telling him to play defense. <laughs> um, so I will give him some credit there, but, like, yeah. For the, mo for, for the most part, he's definitely in that tier of the worst defenders in basketball, especially among I'm, star players. I'm going to make a reference to 2K, if any of you play that at home. Um, now, on 2K, it's usually more dramatic than this, but or emphatic. But you know those guys that you play with that like get a bunch of steals just by playing passing lanes, but then if you like get it, to their matchup they just get scored on that's kind of what trey young has been this season like he's getting a lot better at reading passing lanes getting in the way and like setting up the break that way 
But if his matchup catches the ball, oh man, it's it's curtains pretty much. Uh, so like, eh, he's it's improvement, <laughs> but it's still like he still got the bullseye on him, you know? Yeah. Well, However, also, oh, go ahead. However, he's an offensive juggernaut. He has been for the past few years, and he still is. He's going to remain around the top of the league in points and assists, what seems to be every year, you know. Um, His three-point shooting has not been the best. It's been his second-worst season as a pro. However, it's gotten better from earlier in the season to now. (laughs) He was sub-30% for a while, and now he's gotten back over that. That's something, right? Um, Trey is still really, really good at basketball. The defense hurts him. Uh, the uh, less efficient shooting is hurting him, but he's still better than several of those guys that you mentioned. Yeah, honestly, the efficiency is what's tough for me. Like, he's always been a really good playmaker. He's always been a really big minus on defense. But the efficiency has has been pretty tough to take this season. Uh, you have DeJounte Murray. Your efficiency should be going up. The team just traded all these picks for DeJounte to take some of the load off of you, to have another playmaker maybe use you off the ball. Instead, you're taking even more dumb shots than you were before? That doesn't make any sense to me. That's also not winning basketball. I don't think I'd put Trey next. Um, I think he's probably top 20, but 18 and 19 there are guys here who I think would I would probably prefer. Um, I really do because it's it's been kind of tough to watch with Trey's efficiency, and he's had some games where he's disappeared in big games too. So kind of like you were talking about with Jimmy. So I don't know. That's just my take, which is kind of sad as a Hawks fan, but I'm just being real. Yeah. Now, to me, I'm looking at some of the other guys like. Carl Anthony Towns, it's tough. He he got hurt early on in the season, hasn't been here to prove himself. I'd I'd rather have Trey Young than Carl Anthony Towns. I'll I'll say that. Um Paul George. Who would you would you rather have Trey Young or Paul George? It's kinda of hard because I think Paul George is I almost don't even see him as a number one option anymore. I think he's he could potentially fill that role, but it's almost to me like he doesn't. I know like part of that's probably just by or like because Kawhi's on his team, and so I just don't think about him that way. But I just don't really. If I'm thinking about like number like here's your alpha, here's your like main your main guy. I certainly really think of Paul George in that in that way, but I do feel that way about Trey. Um, so I'd probably put Trey above him. Well, if it makes you feel better saying that, on one of his recent uh, stints on JJ Reddick's podcast, Paul George has said himself he doesn't see himself that way. Like he said, like basically, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but like, could I like go out and score with the best? Yeah, but that's not going to lead to a championship. I'd 
he more or less said like I can't be the best player on a championship team. So like if he's saying that about himself, I think we're okay to say it on the Mike and Dave podcast. I th- I mean is he top 25? <laughs> he's t- he's telling us that he's not going to lead a team to a championship and if you're a top 25 player, then you're arguably supposed to be the best player could be the best player on a championship winning team or at least close to. Well, I'm looking at a couple other guys we have that, like, we mentioned him way earlier this episode. We haven't talked about Bam Adebayo in a little bit. Now, Bam Mm -hmm. Adebayo is probably on my top 25, but I could never have him as the best player on my team. But I think what he does, he does extremely well. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know if Bam would be in my top 25, though. I think he would be, like, if he was, he would be, like, right at the bottom like we were talking about um some guys who were in the honorable mentions and i think i don't know anthony edwards to me needs to be in the top 25 this year with this with the the steps that he's made um especially when Towns was out, Gobert was out for a little while. Anthony Edwards has shown like he is the number one option. Forget Towns, forget anything else. Like he's the number one guy on that team. He's played almost every single game except for when he just sprained his ankle. But I think he's only going to be out for two games for that. And he's going to be back. Um, I mean, he's still only 21, like I said, but even like the jump from last year to this year has been, insane defensively he's a menace um his steals have gone down a little bit from where they were at the start of the season i think part of that's probably fatigue because he has played in 71 games so far this season um playmaking wise like he's still figuring it out a little bit that's not his go-to but again he's 21 i think he can improve however as i'm saying that i'm like it's the this is top 25 right now um, I don't know. He's definitely made the improvements to where I feel like, I think we just included him in the honorable mentions last time because we thought he could potentially make the next step. He has, but like him versus Fox versus DeJounte Murray versus Bradley Beal, Halliburton. Like there are a lot of decent options. How about this? I think Clay isn't going to make it for me. Agreed. His efficiency is down. His scoring is doing okay. He's not the same two-way player that he was, though. I just don't think that that's... I just don't think that he's a top 25 player anymore. I Yeah, I'm with you there. So that's one guy down. Um, Towns, it's kind of hard to say because he hasn't played in so long. If we're talking about just right now, like... I have no idea what we're going to get from him when he comes back. Even before then, like his counting stats have always been good. How much does that translate to winning? I think he's a, yeah, it hasn't. So like for me, maybe bottom of the top 25, but like, honestly, I'm, I'm looking at taking him out. If we're talking about right now, not just because he's injured, but also because, I mean, that is a factor, but. I think there are other guys that have shown that they're worthy of being put ahead of them. 
Yeah, and a couple others. I mean, we still haven't placed DeMar DeRozan yet. We mentioned Tyrese Halliburton earlier. Uh, haven't put him anywhere yet. And we still have um, James Harden made our top 25 last time around. We haven't talked about him yet. Harden is is a tough one because his scoring is still pretty good. Um, he's leading the league in assists, at almost eleven assists, like almost six and a half rebounds. His shooting, his three point shooting has been pretty good. His free throw shooting has been pretty good. He's still only at forty four percent overall, which isn't great. But I mean, when you're leading the league in assists while still averaging over 20 points per game, that's kind of tough. Like if we're looking at him and Halliburton, I mean, Halliburton's the more efficient player. Doesn't contribute quite as much um, with rebounding. It's pretty close in points, actually. Um, I don't know. Who do you want more? I think that's actually a really good comparison. Their stats are pretty similar. They've also played almost the same amount of games. Who do you want, Harden or Halliburton? Harden. Okay. I think I I trust him more at this point. Okay. I was thinking Halliburton, to be honest with you, because I'm looking at it and like, Halliburton's shooting 49% from the field versus 44%. He's over 40% on threes, which is better than Harden. Um, His effective field goal percentage is higher. And then the others are like, free throw percentage is basically the same. Points per game is pretty much the same. Steals and blocks, pretty much the same. Halliburton has a slight edge in steals, 1.6 to 1.2. And just, you know, the, the I think Harden, again, is kind of, on his way out and Halliburton's on his way in, I think that's kind of a tiebreaker for me that I'm looking at too, is who's on his way in. Um, I think that's kind of, I would prefer those players and Harden. I can't say that he's like, yep, I can point to him. He's a like Clay Thompson, for instance, I can't point to Harden and say, yep, he's a team first guy. He's a, you know, his play contributes to to winning, like all that, um, nearly as much as I could with some other players. So I don't know. I guess also though, like going back to their teams, Tyrese Halliburton is playing with a dumpster, you know, mm-hmm. and James Harden is playing with the fourth best player in the NBA, among other well constructed pieces. Mm-hmm. So, given their situations, I'm good to put Halliburton over Harden, wherever that ends up. Now, we've mentioned a lot of guys and haven't ranked any specifically in a little bit. The last one we ranked was Jalen Brown at 17, and we've yeah. mentioned a few. Um, so, we should probably kind of put some sort of order to this. Um, that is what we're doing, yeah. <laughs> it's so hard, though. Game. When you get to these last few spots. Yeah, we have, looks like nine spots left. No, eight spots left, sorry. And 
plenty of players to fit them. Mm-hmm. So some of the guys I'm looking at then for 18 are Halliburton, Trey Young, DeRozan, Anthony Edwards. I think we can probably put Trey in there. I think that's fine. I think what also is just like what guys are are we for sure should be in the top twenty five. I think Trey for sure should be in the top twenty five. So let's just put him there. Yeah. Um, I think DeRozan is probably a surefire top twenty five guy still. Looking at some of the guys here, because a lot of it does come down to, and what we've been saying a lot is, who would you rather have? So, like, with DeRozan in mind, I'd rather have him than Paul George. I'd rather have him than James Harden. I'd rather have him than Hal Burton. I'd rather have him than Bam Adebayo. I'd rather have him than Anthony Davis. I'd rather have him than Anthony Edwards, De'Aaron Fox, Siakam. Like, to me, DeRozan's probably next. I feel good about that, yeah. Okay. So 18, Trey Young, 19, DeMar DeRozan. We have one left for our top 20. Do you want Towns in the top 25 or no? In the top 25? In the top 25, yes. In the top 20, no. Okay. I'm still leaning towards just not including him this round. Okay. Based on his lack of availability. Um, And, like, we could always... um, reassess at the beginning of next season and say, yep, we think going into this season he is. But even when he was playing, he was only averaging 21 points a game. That's true. Less than 33% from three. Eight rebounds. Like His assists were up at 5.3. Like, that's pretty good. But And we know that he's not a great defender. So Mm -hmm. it was kind of a down year anyways. That's true. Yeah. Okay, let's go ahead and boot him out then. Okay. Um, okay, Anthony Edwards. I I kind of am taking back what I said about for sure, uh, surefire top twenty five. I think he might next season. That might be the case. I think his playmaking is is kind of and his efficiency aren't exactly where I would like. I'm not ruling him him out, but I don't think for for twenty. Or 21 or 22. Um, I know that you like Fox more than Sabonis. Mm-hmm. Sabonis is sticking out for me. Um, Anthony Davis is a tough one because we already know what the deal is with him. <laughs> but like when when he's playing, I mean, surely he's a top 25 player.
when he's yeah so i actually had him at like right around 25 and that's mm-hmm. why when he plays he is but when does he play um okay davis has got to be in there i think um tyrese halliburton we had we're going to take over harden um There is still Bam Adebayo. Mm-hmm. Pascal, I don't know what your feelings are. I mean, he's good. But, <laughs> yeah. but, but I don't to know. me, like, because he was in honorable mentions, but to me, like, even though I'm higher on Fox than Sabonis, I'm higher on Sabonis than I am Siakam. I agree with that. Yeah, I think Siakam just misses out. The only guy left that I've written down that we haven't i think you vaguely mentioned him earlier but drew holiday oops drew holiday is an elite defender and he's having a great season as like the second ish best player on that team like i want him to get my respect but i can't call him top 25 let's say we anthony davis will be in the top 25 I think Halliburton deserves it. So we have six spots left. That's two. Um, I want Sabonis in there. I would also be fine with Fox in there. Because I know that you had Fox above Sabonis, but... Okay. So you said Halliburton, Davis, Fox, Sabonis. I would mm-hmm. like Bam Adebayo in there. Okay, so that leaves one left. Mm-hmm. So that would that would be Paul George, James Harden, Anthony Edwards. That, oh, never mind. Of those three, <sighs> I think I, I think Edwards is just going to have to miss out this time. Yeah, I think yeah, maybe I'm going into George next season. Yeah. And it's tough because George is going to give you the two-way. Harden's leading the league in assists right now. I mean, probably Harden. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So the six are going to be James Harden, Tyrese Hall, in no particular order. James Harden, Tyrese Halliburton, Bam Adebayo. Anthony Davis, De'Aaron Fox, DeMontis Sabonis. Yep. I, so the ones that the ones that just miss out are Paul George and Anthony Edwards. And then you have um Beal, Towns, Siakam, Siakam. Murray. So kinda wanna put Anthony Davis at twenty five. Okay. Will he ever even play 50 games in a season? Like, he might. I mean, I think he's at like 46 or something. So if he just plays the majority of this games they have left, he'll make 50. <laughs> um, barely. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I agree with you. Like, I think he deserves to be in it, but that probably is where it ends. 
All right. You want to go Harden at 24 since he was the last to make the cut that we were just doing? I think so. It seems a little harsh, but whatever. He can take it. (laughs) Okay. So we've got four spots left reserved for Tyrese Halliburton, Bam Adebayo, De'Aaron Fox, DeMontis Savonis. Mm-hmm. Hey, two bigs, two guards. Yeah. Um, so I'm guessing you'd rather have... Well, frankly, I'd rather have Tyrese Halliburton than De'Aaron Fox, given that you were higher on Savonis than Fox. I'm guessing you agree on that. Yeah, I think Halliburton could go at number 20. Okay, I'm good with that. Now, to me, wait, let me, let me start again. One second. Okay, so here's what I'm thinking for our last three spots. Bam Adebayo, elite defender, uh, who has stepped up his game offensively as well. Um, the the distributing that he's been able to improve upon not even making assists all the time, but making the right reads that lead to assists um, has been there Uh, stepping out and shooting, uh, putting the ball on the floor uh, versatility on defense. Like to me, it almost seems appropriate to put him next. And then we have 22 and 23 held by the two Kings that we debate on. Yeah, I think that's fair. As always, I'd like to see more blocks from Adebayo and more rim protection, but I also understand that with the heat, he's also switching on one through five, basically. Um, Mm -hmm. And he's not always at the rim, but yeah, I I think it is kind of tough because I do, I will go back to my point about, I think they need to be Number a potential number one option on a championship team, um, or at least like by far the most important player. I don't know if Adebayo is more important, or could be the most important player on a team because he. But I think still the versatility. He's good at pretty much everything except for shooting. So you have to give him credit for that. Yeah, and to be fair, like at least last year we put Gobert on for. A different reason, but <laughs> yeah. Gobert, we could have told you then, would never be the best player on a championship team, but we respected the defense. We put him on, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, we at least have precedent as far as that can, is concerned. Ironically, um, Gobert was twenty one for us last or last time we did this, and Adebayo's twenty one. So basically, the twenty one spot is just where we put whoever we think is just a really good defender, not quite as good enough on offense to be a number one option. Just that one very niche (laughs) position. That's what we do. Yeah. Um, I'm cool to go ahead and go Sabonis at 22, Fox at 23. Okay. Good, because this has gone gone on for long enough, and I would have 
fought you on it. So. <laughs> Part of it to me, I mean, like, you made good points with Sabonis. Um, Part of it to me was, like, just looking at our list, it kind of cleans it up a little bit in that we'll have Bam and then Sabonis. You have two bigs, and I feel confident saying Bam is a better big than Sabonis. And then following that, you have two guards, De'Aaron Fox, James Harden. I feel comfortable saying I'd rather have Fox than Harden right now. Yeah. So, like, organizationally, it ends up working out. For sure. And then Anthony Davis at the end, because we can't leave him out, but it's hard to include him at the same time. (laughs) Well, it's kind of like the lineup, right? You can't, you don't want to leave him out, but it's hard to put him in the lineup. Exactly. So, we've done it. Let's recap really, really quickly. Also, one... I, I, I just want to say, if you're still with us, thank you for listening. We appreciate you. I know we've been going on for a while, but hopefully you're just as into basketball and discussing players and all that stuff as we are, which is why you're listening to this. But yeah, appreciate you if you're still listening at this point. Oh, for sure. And this has definitely been different. You know, we do want to like, you know, we do episodes like this every now and then where we don't do all of the normal segments and we give you just like an expanded, this is usually reserved for like our tier list or whatever, but you're also kind of getting a behind the scene where we don't fully prepare ahead of time and compare notes and all. I mean, we had our own versions of preparation here, but here you're getting like the full breakdown of here's how we come to the uh, conclusions that we've arrived at instead of here are the conclusions, accept them. Um, So we, yeah, we appreciate you sticking through all that. What was at times like disorganized or uh, just kind of sporadic, like, Oh, well, what about this fire? You know, but we did eventually reach a consensus, the official updated, Top 25 from the Mike and Dave podcast. From 1 to 25, we've got Jokic, Giannis, Luka, Embiid, Steph, LeBron, Dame, Jason Tatum, Kawhi, KD, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, John Morant, Devin Booker, Kyrie Irving, Donovan Mitchell, Jimmy Butler, Jalen Brown, Trey Young, DeMar DeRozan, Tyrese Halliburton, Bam Adebayo, DeMontis Sabonis, De'Aaron Fox, James Harden, and Anthony Davis. Alrighty, I'm definitely happy with where we ended up with our top 25 list. And I know that was quite a few names to keep track of. So we will be posting our updated top 25 NBA players right now on our social media at Mike and Dave Pod. So if you aren't already, make sure you follow us over there. And I think that's just about going to wrap up the show. So again, thank you very much for listening, especially if you stuck with us um, as we've been going through. I know it's a little bit different, but hope that you enjoyed kind of getting to see the behind the scenes process of how we rank the players. Yeah. By the time we're ready for the next episode, we're basically like at the NBA playoffs. So we'll have all of that to talk about. Hope you've enjoyed the ranking to set you up for that. Uh, A lot of these players will be featured there. Some will not. (laughs) I mean, you would have heard us talk about their bad teams or whatever, but we got a long summer ahead of us with uh, plenty still to talk about drafts and everything. Looking forward to all of it. But until that time, this has been Mike. This has been Dave, and you've been listening to the Mike and Dave Podcast.